Hello guys, how's it going? Welcome to the sound of the start of your weekend. This is the NTT 20 betting show. This show is for over 18s only. It's a show about betting and more specifically, it's a show about betting responsibly. Please head to begambleaware.org to learn the risks that come with betting. You may think you know them, but it's always worth a double check. George Ellick is with me, Ali Maxwell. George, we're looking ahead to what is an exceptionally busy weekend for yourself. The old Sky Quest doubleheader. I did it on yes. uh, last weekend. This time it's your turn. It is um, rewarding and exhausting in equal measure, I'd say. Yes, uh, you and I have very different strategies after being on television late at night. As far as I'm aware, you get home, you crack open a bottle of something, whether it's fizzy or not. You stick a bit of FIFA on, you enjoy yourself late into the evening. I get home and I go straight to bed and I try and sleep. And I think it's probably because I'm so pumped after um, talking about football to the nation because obviously the whole nation watches that I can never sleep very well. But it puts extra pressure on me when I know I've got to be up the next day to do it all again. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I might employ the Ali Maxwell strategy of having a nice glass of red before bed in order to to allay any uh, any sleeping issues. As we have been for the last few weeks, we continue to be sponsored by SpreadX. Yeah, it's still sponsored by SpreadX. They're getting away with it at the moment with our multis. We're not doing as well as we should do. Um, but yet again today, our picks will be put together in an ACA. Today, it's only a fourfold because as you're going to find out quite soon, Ali and I both fancy the same team for one of them. And then another is a goals-based bet, which we're not going to include in the ACA. But yeah, SpreadX, thank you very much to them for continuing to sponsor us. But Ali, what would happen? Hmm. What would happen if I went to spreadx.com forward slash NTT20 if I didn't have an account? You'd be offered a bet 10, get 10 sign-up offer. Uh, which does exactly as it says on the tin. As you can imagine, there are terms and conditions and you can see them at that address, spreadx.com slash NTT20. So if you do fancy signing up to SpreadX, trying the spreads or the fixed odds that they offer, then make sure that you get that sign up offer. Bet 10, get 10, spreadx.com forward slash NTT20. Just a quick one to say thank you to everyone for sending such nice responses after we tackled a very serious topic at the end of last week's betting show. Hopefully we won't have to do that for a while, but thank you also to those who write who wrote kind reviews on iTunes. Uh, for what it's worth, the review that we discussed and responded to has now been deleted, so I'm not really sure what to think about that, but that is something that happened over the weekend. Now, <laughs> the confidence that I gained after those nice messages was absolutely squashed by one of the worst groups of picks that I've ever put forward. A week, George, that started badly with me thinking that my Forest 1-0 correct score pick was coming in on Friday night, only for Colin Kazim Kazim to volley it into oblivion. And the trend continued. QPR 1-0 up against Birmingham. My nap lost 2-1. Northampton 1-0 up against Swindon lost 2-1. And Exeter 0-0 down to 10 men lost to Crawley. So, you know, you have to smile at the timing of it just after we were, we were forced to make it very clear that... Uh, yeah, the backing all of our selections that we talk about every week is not necessarily going to make you rich. I'm afraid that was the case last weekend, and I apologise for that. You got our one winner, uh, Tramir beating Leighton Orient. So surprising was a betting show winner coming in last weekend that Orient sacked their manager off the back of it. So um, really, really uh, good stuff. Let's see if we can improve things this weekend, George. As you say, we both fancy the same girl. Sorry, we both fancy the same... <laughs> You actually thought I did that by mistake. And his name starts with M. <laughs> the name does start with an M. Uh, but first, you're going to tell me about your nap. You're going to tell me about your best bet ahead of this weekend's EFL docket. 
my Nappers Tranmere to beat Crawley at 17 to 2. 17 to 2? 17 to 20. <laughs> That's unbelievable 17 value. 17 to 20, if only. Yeah, people need to start respecting Tranmere. I'm not really sure what's going on. I, I lay in bed on Tuesday night and, as everybody I assume does, was on a an odds comparison website and checked what the League 2 price is after Tranmere's 1-0 win over Newport. And I just couldn't believe that they were still available at 8-1 to one to win League 2. Because this is a side who... And I sent it to you and I said, Ali, can people start respecting Tranmere Rovers? I feel like you're, you're almost building a bit of a false narrative here. I haven't been aware of a huge lack of respect towards this Tranmere Rovers side, but I guess by which you mean odds compilers. The market. Traders, no, no, just the just market. The market. The market, basically, you know, that that eight to one is no longer it's gone. It's now six to one. Even, you know, they were 40 to one back when they were level on points with Salford and Salford were 12 to one a couple of weeks ago. Whatever it is, I, I can't normally when you look at this and you can see that there's a side who are not kind of rated by the market, I guess. You can see why, like with Cambridge this season, consistently we've seen that, the you know, the performance data doesn't really stack up. That They've been very clinical in front of goal. With Tranmere, it's just not the case. Like, if you look at their the performance midweek against Newport was was not their best recently. You know, they they didn't create a great deal. They restricted Newport to mainly long shots. But if you look at the um, the xG ratio table for the last four games, Newport are actually high, quite high up there, suggesting that I think they've got a fifty nine percent xG ratio. I think, suggesting I think that part of that was when they played against nine man Exeter for fourteen true, forty five true. minutes. True, no, no, of course, and, and that does skew it. But then even if you look at the eight game um, xG ratio table, they're, they're sixth. So it's not all. It's not all that. And you know, certainly, we saw that Newport um, in January when they lost some key players. Although losing Scott Twine may not be very good for their for their point tally, but it probably is pretty good for their XG ratio. Um, you know, maybe Newport are starting to recover a little bit, uh, and Tranmere got the job done against them. But what I don't understand is that Tranmere, those tables that I've mentioned, the XG ratio, basically showing the quality of the chances they create compared to the quality against them. They rank top in the last four games, top in the last eight games, second in the last twelve games. The Metrics suggest, well, I mean, just the pure XG metrics suggests that Tranmere aren't just getting lucky with their run of form. You look at their recent games as well. Their last four games, they've won three of them. They won their last three. They beat Carlisle away 3-2, which is still a very good result. Beat Orient 3-1, which is the game you mentioned on the weekend where we backed a winner. And then Newport here. And they're coming up against the Crawley side who are abysmal, basically. The only games they've won in recent times, they, they beat a 10-man Exeter who went down to 10 men in the first half. And when it was still nil-nil. They beat Colchester 1-0 in the 93rd minute, a Colchester side who, well, until they won midweek, we'll get to that, have been pretty poor. Crawley's away form is is dire. And if we were to take a similar game this weekend, you know, Cheltenham are, are the, the favourites now to win the league, and, and probably rightly so, and are the gold standards in terms of League 2 teams, playing against a Port Vale side who are yet to really show much of a reaction under Daryl Clark. They are 7-10 to 10 with spread X. So in decimal terms, they are 1.7. Tranmere are 1.85. For me, are Cheltenham more likely to beat Port Vale than Tranmere are to beat Crawley? I'm not entirely sure myself. I think both Crawley... I mean, I, I think there's more chance of a, a reaction from Port Vale than there is from Crawley. And I think Tranmere have proven now over a long period of time under Keith Hill that they are... that you know that they can be seen as a gold standard too. So... Yeah, I'm all in on Tranmere for for a lot of a lot of things, promotion, 
winning the league, all sorts. Um, although maybe the prices have gone a bit now, but certainly this weekend, as with the last weekend, I expect them to to get another three points. I'm pretty confident that if I put my mind to it, I'll be able to find a funny John Yem's reaction clip to you napping up their opposition this weekend uh, <laughs> after we picked Exeter last weekend as well. Uh, my nap is, I'm looking at my notes here. Uh, clearly, I was quite excited about this one because I've written Cardiff, 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 11, <laughs> 11 to 10 with spread X. Um, it's the Friday night game, which some people do know like punting on. We're going to be in at Sky ready, ready for a segment uh, at uh, ten fifteen p.m. Now, I see the I see the irony. Is that the right word? People do use ironic uh, incorrectly, and I think I might be doing it here. But <laughs> I got spectacularly thrashed last time I picked against Huddersfield when I picked the other Welsh club, Swansea, to beat them a few weeks ago, and Huddersfield won four one. And looking back, you can't you can't help but feel a little hard done by it's the only game that Huddersfield have won in their last 12 so um, hoping that the that that doesn't happen again this time we ride again with a Welsh team against Huddersfield Uh, first thing to mention with Huddersfield Town is they are suffering from a pretty substantial injury crisis it's not really uh, you know it's not something that gets referred to a huge amount compared to some of the other injury crises I've seen this season partly because some of them are so long term that I think people have just forgotten that they exist but genuine first teamers missing for Huddersfield at the moment. Hogg, Caroliting, Harry Toffolo, Christopher Schindler and Josh Caroma. I would say five of their eight or nine most important players missing. Um, there are some others as well who are less important, who are also out. Ward, Pritchard, who might be back for this one. Rolando Ahrens, Grant, the, the Irishman they signed in January. Tommy Elphick as well. Again, less important, those guys. But it does mean that not only is their first 11 weaker, but their bench is desperate as well. I think if you look across the league, Huddersfield's bench at the moment looks like one of the weakest among uh, amongst all teams. If you are trying to consider you know, the likelihood of a sub changing a game for the better. Uh, Aaron Rowe. We mentioned on the Monday pod the other day, he's got some quality about him, but inexperienced. Uh, And shout out Yaya Sanogo as well, by the way. I don't think we've mentioned him since he signed for Huddersfield. In my head, Yaya Sanogo is still one of the great goal scorers of all time. But unfortunately, that's a football manager uh, opinion, not a (laughs) real life opinion. In real life, he's a 28-year-old striker with 25 career goals total, uh, career league goals, I should say. So I'm not sure if he's one to be too concerned about although I now see him scoring the winning goal here of course um big mix Cardiff very few issues in comparison to Huddersfield uh, they've won seven of their last eight as you well know after starting with two draws um when Mick took over in those last eight games across the whole league Cardiff the lowest possession percentage in the league the second fewest passes attempted per 90 but 2.5 goals per game which is easily the most in that period from 1.46 expected per game so running a little hot but that is still the sixth best attacking output over the last eight games in the championship in that time again 20th for shots per game but first for shots on target so they are a mixture of taking really good shots when they do take shots I guess and also definitely riding an insanely hot streak I think it's fair to say we spoke about it on Sky last Friday about there being a mixture of uh, energy and confidence which is just making them play 
so so well and such exciting stuff as well whenever they attack it feels like they're going to score similar at the other end um they have faced the fourth most shots cardiff maybe not too surprising for a team that that lets the opposition have the ball a lot but only six teams have faced fewer shots on target so they're doing a great job at even when they do t uh, face shots from the opposition restricting the quality of them um, 20 goals they've scored from 79 shots which is a ridiculous conversion rate which unfortunately cannot and will not be sustained over another 10 or 20 games but I'm hoping might last for Friday night at the very least it, you know in terms of a matchup against Huddersfield one of the reasons why I'm, I like this one is Cardiff they have the highest aerial dual win percentage, which is no surprise. They are a team of giants and they make sure that they compete for a lot of aerial duels as well. They understand their strengths and they play to them. Huddersfield, by contrast, do no relish aerial duels, George, it's fair to say. They try and avoid those as much as possible. They really, really struggle to defend crosses into the box, Huddersfield. And if there's one thing you don't want to struggle to defend when you come up against Cardiff, it's defending crosses into the box. So there should be some joy from set plays. If I was Michael Morrison, sorry, if I was Sean Morrison, I'd be licking my lips here. Uh, and I think there, there, there could be some joy for Big Kiefer as well. Since the start of February, going forward, only Blackburn, Wickham and Bristol City have created less in terms of expected goals than Huddersfield as well. So although they had that eye-catching win against Swansea, it was mostly predicated on, on long-range goals they've been struggling to consistently create. So I just hope that the, the good Mick McCarthy vibes keep on coming, that the two teams play to their recent form, um, stretching over the last five or six weeks, in which case I think Cardiff are strong, likely winners. And the price of 2.1, I was delighted to see. It's going to be a tense green room, more tense than usual, because you fancy Cardiff as well. Yeah, I do. I do fancy Cardiff. Um, if you look at Huddersfield's recent games, I mean, you, you covered it pretty well there. But just Thanks. I wonder if Carlos Corboran, in, in an attempt to just to tighten up a bit, is, is losing quite a lot of their attacking vigour. Um, you know, you, you look at the recent games, they've created so little against Birmingham, a Birmingham side who, you know, isn't particularly strong, although it's Ito Karanka. You look at the Derby game again, just, just five shots in that match away at Derby despite being 1-0 down after 22 minutes. It feels to me that kind of side, you know, the sides like Birmingham, like Derby, who aren't particularly um, prolific in terms of what they do, but they're, they're built on pragmatism and they're built on a solid base, even if the stars are very different. And that's exactly what you're coming up against here with the Cardiff side, who are going to be happy out of possession, who are going to be significantly robust out of possession as well, who are going to challenge for every set piece and have no issue creating chances. So I think it's a perfect stylistic matchup for them. And I'm totally with you. I think Cardiff, very, very good value at the prices at 11 to 10. I wonder what the record is for most set-piece goals in one EFL football match. I wonder if mm. anyone can think who's listening off the top of their head, yeah, I remember a time where my team scored you know, from, <laughs> from four corners or two free kicks and two corners. If so, let us know because uh, could be under threat this weekend, to be honest, unless Huddersfield are bang up for it, as I'm sure Carlos Corbran will attempt to have them. Uh, what is, so So you've done Tramier nap, I've done Cardiff nap, you've added your NB to Cardiff. Uh, what's your, no, me now. To you, mate, M to you. MK Dons, even money away at Wigan. I've, I've got against Wigan so often on this show that um, it, it's. I don't think there's anything hugely new to say, except that Wigan are rightly getting plaudits for the way that they are playing under the circumstances that they're in. Having said that, I, I, think, I think the underlying numbers suggest there has been an uptick in performances, but it's 
it's it's slight. It's fairly negligible. Ultimately, they're still really, really struggling to get any sort of results from games. And it, it's interesting to me. I know that performances do not always fall in line with results, but it feels to me like there's been significant chat in recent weeks about Wigan getting a lot better. But if you break their season down into quarters, they've played 32 games, so you can do it in, in eight-game chunks. They got seven points in the first eight games, seven points in the second eight games, seven points in the third eight games, and six points in their last eight games. So that improvement is not really bearing out in the results at the moment. Um, and maybe, maybe I'm picking a terrible time, but I'm just not quite buying uh, the improvement to the extent that some seem to be. They've lost eight of their last ten. Um, the two wins that they've picked up were, were both against teams in that bottom seven with them, and Bristol Rovers and Northampton. So, you know, it's those wins against teams around them that, that is keeping them in touch, and they are still in touch. They've got a worse record at home, Wigan, than they do away from home. Um, fairly significant, I'd say, difference between home and away. Uh, at home, at the DW, two wins, ten defeats, uh, and four draws. A really, really poor record in home games. Now, They've conceded the most goals in the league, Wigan, in the last 8, 10, 12 games. They're a side who, once they concede the first goal, I can always see them conceding another two or more. <laughs> Bad team to come up against, MK Dons. No team in League One has scored more goals than MK Dons in the last 8, 10, 12 games. So it's the league's highest scorers in the last, what, two months versus the league's highest conceders. Um, I don't really trust MK Dons themselves to keep a clean sheet because they've got a wobble in them. But I think they can rack up two or three goals here uh, and I think that they should beat Wigan. So next best for me, MK Dons, even money with spread X away at Wigan. Next for you? Morecambe. Uh, Morecambe are at home to Carlisle. And it's it's a funny one, this, because I'm not really piling in on, on the Carlisle negativity massively. I possibly would have been, but I think that their performance away at Colchester, even though they lost the game 2-1, um, was a return to some kind of form. They absolutely battered Colchester in that game. They had you know, 18 shots to five. You look at the shot locations as well compared to Colchester's. It was just a case of a team who were massively down on their luck. Again, gone ahead, failing to gone see ahead, home. Gone ahead in all of their last four league games, Carlisle. Haven't won a single one of them. And that is a massive part of, of why I want to back Morecambe here it's because when you're on this kind of run of form and I have no doubt that Carlisle will get out of it and I'd, I'd be pretty surprised if they don't end up in the top seven come the end of the season um, you don't want to come up against this, this Morecambe side in my opinion it's kind of the worst possible team to come up against a team who have consistently who are consistently proving others wrong who found an incredible way way of winning we saw them against Salford a couple of weeks ago coming back from from 1-0 down to win 2-1 in, in injury time under Derek Adams, they're continuing to prove how good they are. And I mentioned in the Totally Football League show extra time earlier today that the kind of quartet going forward of, of Slew, Wildig, um, Mendez Gomez and Stockton works so well. You know, the the interplay between them is so impressive. Both uh, Mendez Gomez and Slew happy to come inside off, the, off their channels, happy to pop up in the area. Um, and Stockton starting to add a little bit of a goal-scoring touch to his hold-up play too. They're just a team that I am happy to to side with fairly consistently. And, and they're at home here against a, a Carlisle team who, you know, you look at the XG ratio table again for the four games prior to the one in midweek and they were second bottom with 38% or something. Their, their defensive solidity has, um, has certainly gone. And whilst I do think they were unlucky midweek, it was against a Colchester side who are still considered to be um, amongst the worst in the division. Yet to see anything, yet to suggest otherwise. So... Nine to five, Morecambe are. Um, 
I think that's doing them a bit of a disservice. Um, Carlisle and a 29 to 20, so significant favourites. And I don't think I really agree with it. Yeah, nice. More to come from Thanks. Morecambe, from what you're saying More there. to come from Morecambe. Clever. Very, very clever for mm. me there. Well done. Pat on the back. Um, my next best, uh, before we get into our bonus selections, is Nottingham Forest and Watford's match to go under 1.5 goals. So zero goals or one goal, hopefully. No more than that. 13 to 8 is the price. And yeah, I almost picked this last week in the Forest Derby game. And just like my 1-0 correct score, it would have been gubbed uh, at the death. But I like I like under 1.5 in Forest games and I like under 1.5 in Watford games. This is a match, George, between two excellent defensive teams excellent defensive teams at the level and zero excellent attacking teams <laughs> both teams have good individuals they are by no means the worst attacking sides in the league at all but their strengths lie in defending in the last seven games Forest have only faced 14 shots on target which is an amazing record and Watford in the last seven have only faced 15 shots on target which is almost as good as Forest so it's very very rare that these teams give up good chances it's very, very rare that either of these teams concede more than one goal in a game, which is obviously quite handy for this bet. And there are plenty of clean sheets in there as well. Watford's XG numbers going forward suggest that they're improving under Cisco Munoz, but they were somewhat boosted by that 6-0 win against Bristol City. And for punting purposes, I'm pretty much ignoring, disregarding that match because I can't I can't recall a team in worse shape than Bristol City in the championship anyway um, this season for, for that one month period. So um, I'm not getting carried away with Watford suddenly purring necessarily going forward. So I think defences will be on top. I think it will be cagey. I wouldn't be rushing to watch this one if I was a neutral. And I'm hoping that it goes under 1.5 goals for me at 13 to 8 with spread X. Now that just leaves us a couple of bonus selections, George. And mm. I'd love, God, I'd love to hear what yours is. It's in that game. It's oh, in wow. that game. I, I've I've had a small bet on Forest, draw no bet as well there for kind of all the reasons you say. I think it's going to be really low margin, low scoring, not a great deal between the teams. Um, I've been kind of weighing up whether or not to to give this tip because I don't want people who get to change odds to to change the odds going forward here. Um, but I think I've. I mean, you you're well aware of this. I think I found. A player who's just modelled wrong in terms of the goal scorer markets, um, and it's a man. Don't want to do this. It's a man called James Garner, um, a boy, who, a boy called James Garner, who's about around about the twenty-five to one mark to to score first, and about twelve to one to score any time. You know, he he had a pretty disappointing loan for Manchester United at Watford, where he was playing in a st- sterile, stale team, who struggled to create a great deal at all. Um, and didn't really get forward too much from his his role there. If you look at what he's done so far at Forest, it's very different. You know, the games that he started, he's had two shots, three shots, no shots, one shots, one shot, I should say, sorry, three shots, four shots, and then two shots against Luton midweek. He scored, of course, the goal against Derby uh, last Friday night. He, I was on... F- for quite a lot of money <laughs> midweek when he went the closest of any Forest player with Simon Sluger making a very good save low to his left after he broke into the area. I mean, yeah, normally I'd say just back him any time at 12 to 1 because I'm pretty confident 
in the role he's playing at the moment, Garner, over the course of the season, will score in more than one in 12 games. Um, I'm pretty confident this is value, given that it's going to be a low-scoring game. Why not bat the 25 to one any time? Sorry, first and the 21 to 25 to one last goal scorer as well. He's just a player that I think is, yeah, being priced up on previous exploits and not reflecting what he's doing at the moment. And if there are people listening with the power and uh, intent to change prices, just give us this weekend, okay? No, I want give us until he scores. Give the, give us this weekend, right? And then you can change him after that if you think George is right. But I think the the listeners of the betting show deserve this one, and George himself, who I think you could feel the pain in his voice um, at what he went through in midweek, where uh, that Simon Sluga save did him out of uh, well a good holiday. I think it's fair to say. Uh, my bonus selection this week is just a a team to win quite rare that that would pop up in a bonus pick but such is the price of bristol rovers to win at hull this weekend george i think you said you were laying hull um and you know this is me doing a similar thing thinking that the prices are are too short for hull and that bristol rovers under joey barton are showing a couple of of intriguing and quite positive signs um in what has only been a couple of games so far now Hull have this kind of weird funk at home. Uh, We mentioned it on the Monday pod. They've played 15 home games and they've only scored 15 goals, whereas I think they've played 17 away games and scored 37 goals. So they've got this bizarre um, differential there between home and away. We think it's mostly kind of random um, that, that, you know, they're just finishing very hot away from home and they, they're underperforming their XG at home. But just in terms of the form itself, it's not been great. Um, four wins, two draws, four defeats for Hull at home since mid-December. So after starting really well in their home games, they've, um, yeah, they've, they've regressed a bit. So I think Bristol Rovers can really frustrate them. With Rovers backing them to win is always a concern because of how rarely they seem to either create lots of chances, but even when they do, how rarely they seem to take their chances in the manner that you would want. Um, That's been the big difference in them drawing games and not winning them or losing games and not drawing them. I still don't think this Bristol Rovers side is as bad as some of the teams that they are competing for survival with. And I hope that this comes out this weekend. Uh, As for encouraging signs for Rovers, I I mentioned them, so I'll just tell you that in midweek, they lost against Burton. They went down to 10 after about 55 minutes, maybe an hour. And up to that point, Burton only had two shots total in that game. So you might have seen Burton win again and assume that they're just, you know, blowing everyone away. (laughs) (laughs) Blowing everyone away that they come up against. That wasn't really the case against Bristol Rovers. And I'm not sure Rovers would have lost that game had they not gone down to 10 men. Uh, And they beat Shrewsbury last weekend. Shrews didn't have a shot at all until about an hour in. And it was a really good win for Bristol Rovers. So I'm just hopeful that a bit of extra defensive resilience, a little bit of Joey Barton game plan magic, um, and potentially, obviously, we'd, we'd want one of their strikers to actually finish their dinner for once um but at five to one with spread x i think it's um it was an eye-catching price for me we mentioned how there's a lot of very short fabs this weekend uh and i just wanted to to try and pick one that i think won't get up so bristol rovers my bonus bet at five to one uh, great show george really good stuff thank you for um thanks for being a big part of it i thought you were incredible too could you um tell me what your selections are so that i can write them down Yes, I'm napping Tranmere to beat Crawley at 17 to 20. I'm following following in your nap, Cardiff, at 11 to 10. And I'm backing Morecambe at 9 to 5 to beat Carlisle. Has anyone called them Mick McCardiff yet? 
There you go. I'd like to be the first. Uh, Mick McCardiff. Mick McCardiff and Rory McCardle. <laughs> Mick McCardiff, my nap, uh, Friday night, 11 to 10 against Huddersfield. My next best. I got two. Uh, one of them is MK Dons to beat Wigan away from home at even money. And the other is under 1.5 goals in Forest versus Watford. 13 to 8. My bonus selection is Bristol Rovers to win against Hull at 5 to 1. All of those prices with SpreadX are sponsors. If you'd like to sign up to SpreadX, they've got an offer which is bet 10, get 10. If you go to spreadx.com slash NTT20 to sign up, you can see all the T's and C's of that offer so you know what you're signing up for. But we thank them for their continued support and sponsorship of this podcast. Do go and check out SpreadX. If you haven't already, they've got, of course, the spreads and a fixed odds service as well. George, this has been the sound of the start of our weekend, and I think it's time to put our feet up and ease into it. We'll see you on your Sky Sports screens, guys, at 10.15 Friday night, and George will be on Quest as well on Saturday night with Disco Dean Ashton. Cannot wait for that. We'll be back with a pod on Monday. I'm not sure we've got a special guest this time, but we'll see what we can rustle up. Hope you enjoyed that Jed Wallace interview. I could not have loved his performance more. Um, what a magnificent guest and what a great guy he was. So do go back and listen to that if you haven't already. I think that's enough plugs, don't you think? It's time to go. Uh, have a great weekend, guys. And thanks, as always, for listening to the NTT20 Betting Show. <laughs> 